Welcome to the Invest Smarter Podcast, where you'll learn about the power of building wealth through real estate and how you can achieve financial freedom through multifamily investing. If you're interested in learning more about investing in multifamily real estate, head over to our website, sastexascapital.com, and take advantage of our free ebook, Multifamily Millions, How Anyone Can Invest in Apartment Buildings. Now, here's our host, Simon Castillo. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Invest Marker Podcast. I'm your host, Simon Castillo, and this is my opportunity to provide you with my best insights into the world of real estate investing, business, and entrepreneurship. So as always, I'd like to start off by just reminding everyone that if you are interested in partnering with us on any investment opportunities um, available uh, currently in San Antonio, Texas, we are looking for new investors, new partners. The best way to get started is to head over to our website, uh, sastexascapital.com. There you can sign up for our newsletter. You can download any of our free resources uh, on real estate investing, and that will get you onto our email list and we'll notify you of when new opportunities become available. Uh, you can also head over to the website and learn about existing opportunities. Uh, we currently have both short and long-term opportunities available. Uh, so we'd love to have you on our email list, uh, sastexascapital.com, uh, as easy as leaving your email address and uh, get you on our email list and uh, notified when new opportunities become available. In addition, if you sign up for the newsletter, uh, you'll always be in the know have uh, uh, additional tips and tricks that um, I provide in a newsletter on real estate investing, as well as updates on existing uh, investments. Uh, we'd love to have you as, as future partners, and you can always send me an email also through the website, simon at sastexascapital.com. If you have any questions, I'd be happy to answer those for you. So uh, today's episode, I wanted to continue talking about what are some of my top tips uh, for executing your business plans as real estate investors and maintaining your cash flow in your existing properties. Uh, and today's going to be a little bit more of an operations episode, uh, but this is a topic that I've been, you know, very passionate about in the past. You know, I always believe that our tenants are our number one priority. You know, these people are living in our buildings. They are raising their families. They uh, have their dinners. They celebrate their holidays and birthdays. Uh, on our properties, in our properties. So uh, for me, it's it's very uh, very important to always treat people with the dignity and respect that they deserve. Um, and so today's topic is is a, a little bit of a tough one uh, because I want to talk about how to evict um, you know tenants uh, with compassion. And it's it's something that's not always easy to do. Um, it can be it can be difficult. But I think um, like I mentioned earlier that. Uh, we need to uh, treat people the way that they deserve to be treated, and that is with compassion, with dignity, and with respect. And, and it's hard because uh, when you get into a situation where you have to evict someone, uh, it, it very quickly becomes an antagonistic type of relationship. So, for example, when tenants don't pay rent or uh, tenants uh, move in a registered sex offender into their apartment, uh, that goes against their lease and puts your property on the sex offender registry, or they get 911 called on them multiple times for uh, you know domestic disturbances or disturbances, you know whatever the case is. So you have ambulances and police and fire trucks showing up at your property. That causes serious lifestyle issues not only for uh, the neighbors in the building, uh, 
but just your, your neighbors on the entire block. So it's, it's not easy. And I don't know anyone who would claim that it's easy to treat people who aren't paying their rent or causing major problems, major issues for you and their neighbors to treat these people with dignity, respect, and compassion. Uh, but before I move on, obviously this is going to be an episode about how it is to try to live uh, with, the, with these properties that we manage by having that as kind of our mantra of, of treating people the way they deserve to be treated. So one of the things that happens when you treat people with dignity and respect is that things can go much smoother and faster uh, in terms of coming to a conclusion in a situation that is not pleasant for either side. So if people recognize that you're treating them properly, maybe this is a situation that can be resolved outside of, outside of the court, uh, outside of having to uh, deliver you know, various notices and you know, very contentious. I think one of the things that's key though is to always be communicating uh, with your tenants. So if people recognize that you're communicating with them, that you're treating them with respect, they may be more willing and more ready to go ahead and get out of an apartment where they haven't been able to pay rent uh, when they recognize that you know, their, their behavior is causing an issue and you are trying to actually work with them uh, to resolve the situation. I'm gonna talk to you a little bit about what the eviction process is, what it looks like, uh, but let me, first of all, uh, as a disclaimer, just, you know, understand that you should consult an attorney. Uh, every state is different. Uh, even even if every municipality may be different in terms of the guidelines for evicting people. So the, the framework that I'll present is going to be very general, high level. Um, and I would highly suggest that you uh, review your own process with an evictions attorney uh, to make sure that you are following all of the necessary steps. Uh, when having to evict someone from your, from your property. So in, in general, the first thing that I do uh, when setting up my, my eviction process is I always try to put myself in the shoes of the person whose lease I am terminating. And, you know, every situation is different. Um, you know, the person that, that is being asked to leave their home, um, they may have been there 10 days, 10 months, 10 years, I, you know, but it, it's their home. And how is it that, that I would want to be treated in a situation like that where, you know, say I wasn't able to, to pay rent, you know, for a number of months. Now, as a landlord, you need resolution to that situation and putting myself in, in, in those shoes. How is it I would want to be treated if I had to be told to leave my home or else I would be litigated against and forced to move out? So obviously, wherever you live, there's inevitably going to have to be something delivered in writing, some sort of a notice um, that will be delivered. Make sure that in your process that you have uh, room for uh, emotional reactions to these kinds of notices and you know, make sure that your process gives them room to cool off before you get into any conversations about logistics, like how are they going to get all their stuff out? Uh, where are they gonna uh, live? How are they gonna leave? Uh, the key here is to give people uh, time and room to process those emotional reactions. And again, when you treat people with, with dignity and respect, you have to be sensitive that you're asking someone to leave and then telling them to leave and then using the court to make them leave. Uh, 
So what we do is we try to communicate everything that we are doing up front. Um, everything that we're going to do uh, will be communicated in advance and in detail. And again, in the manner that has been approved by your evictions attorney, uh, who should be standing next to you in court if you get to that step. But let me, let me talk a little bit more in general again about what uh, some of these steps may look like. So the first thing is all evictions fall into one of two categories. Either the eviction is for monetary reasons or for behavioral reasons. Either someone hasn't paid rent or they are conducting themselves in a way that is disturbing the enjoyment of the property by their neighbors and causing issues. Either way, uh, in either case, we communicate in writing upfront when there, when there is an issue and we communicate in writing upfront when, we'll when we will be put into a position where we need to deliver a notice. So our tenants should be expecting to see it on their door. Now, um, the thing about a notice is that, uh, again, depending on the state, the municipality, and again, consult your evictions attorney, there are different ways to deliver that notice. Uh, but our preference is to post um, the notice to vacate on the door, but folded over and taped in a way that not anyone who walks by can see that someone has been given a notice of uh, vacate or a notice to vacate. You actually have to open it up to see what it is. And again, this is uh, part of treating someone with respect and dignity. You don't wanna post something on a door where everyone can see it and walk by and, and, and know what that notice to vacate means. Now, so we post a notice on a door and again, per my evictions attorney, that is a valid delivery of notice that still respects the privacy and the dignity of the tenant who's being told that they have to leave. Now we do try to avoid personal contact at this point in the process. Again, specifically uh, for what we mentioned earlier, we wanna give people time to process uh, their emotions. Uh, we don't wanna get into any, any kind of confrontations at this point. Um, this is still the preliminary uh, part of the process when, they, when we deliver a notice to vacate. And again, the, the, the golden rule is put yourself in their shoes. And I suspect that um, you as a listener or even myself, if I received a notice saying that I had to leave my home in a very short period of time, um, I may not act rationally uh, to that notice. But what we do in that notice is we do outline exactly what's going to happen um, if, if they are not out of the property by day four, uh, then we, we will be filing uh, with our attorney and that attorney will then uh, set a court date for us. Um, so we go ahead and provide that information to the tenant. So now the tenant has a notice to vacate and they now have a court date. Now, I will say that there are a lot of attorneys and uh, probably a lot of landlords out there who will tell you that at this point, just turn off communications as soon as you've posted that notice uh, with your tenant. Uh, you know, don't respond to anything from the tenant that's not an emergen uh, emergency and don't send any sort of correspondence because it could be used against you in court. But I struggle to find where the, where the respect is in that procedure. So again, legal disclaimer, always consult with your evictions attorney, but we do provide scripted messages that we send to our tenants to make sure that they are always aware of what is happening next we walk him through this process and we walk him through this process in a professional manner. Now we walk him through this process and we do it professionally, 
But it's also very clear that we are very serious um, about what's happening in this process. It's clear that we are still trying to treat them like people when asking them to leave their home. So, you know, the first example of this would be after we file and receive a court date, we will notify the tenant that if they're not in a position to resolve the issue for which they're being evicted by either paying the past due rent or uh, curing the behavioral issue, such, such as getting their sex, offended, sex offender registered son out of the apartment, um, then we communicate them that whether or not they're going to be able to get out of the uh, apartment prior to the court date. And this is very important because um, oftentimes people will be willing to move out uh, if you work with them on, on the court date. People don't want a uh, don't want an eviction on their record, either credit record or even their uh, criminal record because those will be reviewed by future property managers and it will be very difficult for them to, uh, to rent another apartment. So we will communicate that to our tenants and we will make sure that they are aware that our preference is to dismiss the eviction hearing and just receive the apartment back from them, just turn in the keys. That's the, the best and most ideal solution to the problem for all parties involved. We get our property back ahead of schedule uh, hopefully in good condition. We don't have to go through the additional expense of uh, appearing in court, having a uh, judgment filed in our favor, and the tenant um, has the ability to uh, find another place to live without having a uh, judgment on their re uh, record, hindering them from you know, potentially finding other places to rent. So our goal is to dismiss the eviction proceedings uh, instead of going to court if they can either pay their rent that's owed or give us back the keys and the apartment either empty or with things in it that are abandoned. Now, every state can be a little bit different, again, as I mentioned, but if we get the keys back to an apartment, we're probably saving a minimum of a month by letting the tenant out before we have to go to court. And again, I believe this is probably the best solution for everyone um, in the eviction. Uh, before it hits, uh, again, a judgment hits their uh, credit history, a potential criminal, uh, criminal record, um, and again, any kind of judgment uh, filed against them. So we get the apartment back a month faster. That means a month less of vacancy and uh, allows us to get whatever we need done uh, to that apartment a month sooner so that we can get it back on the market and rented and have it back to being a revenue producing uh, unit for us. Now, on the, on the flip side of that, assuming that we do end up in court, um, I'm standing next to my evictions attorney doing exactly what that attorney tells me to do. And as soon as we get out of court, though, every case that I have been to uh, in court, we have, of course, uh, well, I don't want to call it winning, but the judge has ruled in our favor that the tenant needs to be out after seven days. Uh, as soon as that ruling has come down, we notify again the tenant in writing whether, where, whether they were at court or not. Uh, most often the tenant will not show, to, show up to court. In fact, I don't think I've ever had a tenant uh, show up in court. But we do notify them in writing that the court ruled in our favor and that they have seven days to vacate the unit. On the eighth day, we will call the, the bailiff to have them forcibly removed. Again, the vast majority of the time, probably 99% of the time in my experience, 
We don't get to this point because of how clearly we've communicated the process and how clearly we've communicated not only our desire to have them out of the apartment as seamlessly as possible or to be able to collect the rent that is owed, but also they should have known that this was this was coming. It doesn't doesn't always work. I've had I've had to set tenants out with the bailiff before. I, I can I can probably think in my, per, my personal experience uh, uh, twice where we've actually had to have the the, the sheriff come out and uh, and actually take their belongings and put those belongings out by the curb. Um, but that is that is again by far the exception uh, to this process. My, my goal is always to avoid having to put a person or a family or anyone in a position where they have to frantically find some place to live with the, you know, what 10% of their stuff that they're able to carry with them. Um, that's, not, that's not how we want to treat people. That's not the resolution that we want. And we will do everything we can to avoid that. But when we've had to, uh, when we've had people that we had to set everything out by the curb under the oversight of a, of a sheriff, that's the situation that we want most to avoid. Again, in that situation, I just don't see uh, where the dignity, respect, and compassion is by setting people uh, out on the curb. But there is a contractual obligation that these tenants have to perform based on their lease agreement. And that, of course, is what we're looking to have honored here. So again, looking to avoid this because of how long it means that we have been without revenue from the unit and how much longer the potential damages could have been caused to the unit causing me or causing my client and the third party management additional expenses pile on top of that loss of revenue. So the best solution always will be to find a way to have the tenant turn over the keys, release the apartment uh, unit back to you and that they were able to move on and hopefully find uh, a suitable place to, to reside in. So to kind of summarize the process and what I want you to really kind of take away is that you have to communicate everything upfront. We wanna make sure that we add the necessary details in a manner that demonstrates both professionalism and our abilities to act on whatever we are putting in writing that we're doing in large part because that's the way I would wanna be treated if I were in that person's situation. A couple more things to remember here is, please make sure you're making space for volatile emotional reactions to notices and communications that you're delivering. Um, in some states, you can even use text messages uh, as much as possible in this process. Again, check with, your, check with your evictions attorney, but in many states, text messages are treated as legal written notice. So if that holds up in your court, that could be a viable way to communicate with your tenant and again, provide space for any kind of uh, confrontations that could be avoided. Now, one other thing that maybe I should have added earlier, if we get to a point where we're posting a notice for non-payment of rent, we will also um, give each tenant contact information for any organization within that city or county uh, that we know has paid us in the past that provides some sort of rental relief, rental assistance. Now we won't reach out on their behalf um, for, for a number of reasons, but we want them to have that information because if they have, if they qualify for any of these programs, we want them to have the opportunity uh, to reach out to those 
organizations and um, potentially find that as a way to to resolve this this uh, this situation. And if the tenant communicates with us that they are reaching out to an organization and receiving rental assistance, then we will be very proactive in working with that organization and working with that tenant to make sure that they have everything they need from us uh, and that the tenant uh, can work directly with the organization to make sure that they have everything they need to get rental assistance approved uh, and get it approved as quickly as possible so that Again, in the best interest of all parties, um, you know, the tenant can get their rent paid, we can get our, um, our revenue, and uh, we can cancel uh, or forego the uh, eviction process. And again, uh, if it was me in, the, in, in that kind of a situation, I would definitely want a property management company who would help give me that kind of assistance after I had reached out for it. So in conclusion, you know, what I, what I hope that you take away from today's episode is not so much that this is a, this is a um, eviction process episode, but more so that it's about treating your tenants with dignity, respect, and compassion, even and especially when that landlord-tenant relationship is subject to animosity, antagonism, conflict. You know, tenants not paying their rent and, be having, and having other types of issues that are negatively impacting your property can be difficult to navigate as a landlord, as a property manager. But ultimately in the end, if you continue to treat your tenants with that dignity and respect and compassion, it can still be a profitable situation, um, even in the worst case scenario where uh, a tenant has to uh, give you back their keys uh, to the apartment. And that really is kind of the best case scenario if a tenant is unable to pay their rent or to cure the, the issue uh, as to why they're being uh, asked to vacate. Dignity, respect, and compassion can lead to really concluding these negative situations faster so that you as a landlord can turn your units uh, back to generating revenue for you more quickly, uh, which leads to your, you know, directly to your bottom line, to your net operating income. You know, and that's important you know, regardless of what your business plan is. And like I said, that's not really the point of why I'm recording this. I believe, and I think you should too, that all people deserve to be treated with the proper dignity, respect, and compassion. So again, dignity, compassion, professionalism. If you ever have to evict a tenant, just understand that if you treat them with these, with these principles in mind, if you, are, uh, if you clearly communicate with your tenants ahead of time, if you can clearly communicate the steps in your process, in writing, it goes a long way into helping to resolve a very difficult situation, but hopefully resolved in a way that is best, not only for the tenant, uh, for you as a landlord as well. Now with that, I sincerely hope that you uh, found some value in this episode. Um, again, uh, these types of episodes are designed to provide you with the best tips as, a, as one real estate investor to another. Uh, to help you in executing your business plan and increasing and maintaining your cash flow. So if you did find any value, please leave us a five-star rating and a review. Just goes a tremendous way to help to continue to grow the show um, and to attract the type of content and the guests that you as a listener want to and need to listen to. And share this episode with a friend, uh, someone that you know that we can add value to through this uh, through this message about uh, acting through compassion and dignity 
Uh, I think that would be a great way to uh, to communicate with a friend um, the profitability of, of real estate and the capability of using real estate as a wealth building, uh, generational wealth building tool. So thanks again for listening to this episode and we will talk again next week. Thanks again for listening to the Invest Smarter Podcast, the show that educates you so that you can take control of your financial future. Be sure to rate the show five stars and leave us a review. Make sure that you're subscribed so that you automatically receive the newest edition of the podcast when it's released. If you're interested in learning more about investing in multifamily real estate and taking control of your financial future, head over to our website, sastexascapital.com and take advantage of our free ebook, Multifamily Millions, How Anyone Can Invest in Apartment Buildings. And be sure to sign up for our mailing list to receive exclusive investment opportunities straight to your inbox. It's time to invest smarter. That's sastexascapital.com.